everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> Well, we're hounds of horror. We are. Still. And but who are you? The once in future Max Cauldron. Okay. Hmm. I am who I was yesterday, but not who I will be tomorrow. Victor. I'm boring and I'm kitty. All right. All right. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Receive yesterday a package you mail tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So we've been um, off for a little bit due to... Illness. All kinds of crap. uh, Random crap. Vacations. (laughs) I don't even know. It would be really cool if we could say that we were off because of a haunting or a possession, but much more mundane. Well, I'm not convinced that my innards, my renal area is not haunted. (laughs) Because I had my gallbladder out this week, and I pissed a kidney stone out this week, and... Oh my god. Yeah. I thought that they removed that whenever, uh, or like blasted it or whatever. I don't I, know. What do they do with kidney stones? I don't know. But, nope, there it showed up. I was taking a leak today and it was like, <laughs> and there it was. So, uh, can you hear this? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Can you hear that? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I saved it. You know, there might be an alien species that harvests those and uses them as jewelry like we do with pearls. I was just wondering if I could sell it. Maybe somebody would buy it. You know. Uh, Possible. Like a thousand bucks. (laughs) Amazing. It took a lot of work to make that fucking thing, so. I'll bet it did. (laughs) A lot of discomfort. Yeah. Oh, A thousand bucks wouldn't even be enough to cover the hospital bills, but. (laughs) Yeah. So wouldn't even be enough to cover the painkillers. No. <laughs> um, as Max said, we are Hounds of Horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com and social media websites and stuff. You can reach us on the socials. Hit us up on the TikToks. I'm just kidding. We don't have a TikTok yet. No, we don't have a TikTok. I don't want a TikTok. <laughs> we have a YouTube that has like two videos on it. Uh, we have a Facebook page, but not a group. I um, literally haven't posted on the Facebook page for... That's alright. It was just a job you volunteered for. It's fine. Yeah, I just... Well, I'll be taking over some of those responsibilities here, it seems. God, help us all. Uh, yeah, because I'm super spun up on social media and I know how to do it, so... <laughs> um, coincidentally, I am reading The Hound of the Baskervilles by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which uh-huh. is one of the ultimate hounds of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very nice segue there. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but also, just real quick, a little anecdote for you, Max. You are not quite this bad, but you remind me of Mark Ruffalo, who accidentally live-tweeted the first 10 minutes of Thor Ragnarok because he didn't realize his phone was on in his pocket 
when he went to see the premiere of the movie. That's really funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was just funny. No, see, I, I think... I think that Max is more tech-savvy than that, but he is not yeah. social media It's savvy. just the way that Max was leading on there that made me laugh and made me think of that. Just, <laughs> it's funny. So, like, like an usher had to come running out and, like, hit him in the shoulder and be like, turn off your phone! <laughs> he reminds me of Ron Swanson. Yes. Um, not Mark Ruffalo. We're talking about Max now. Yeah. Well, I, I'm also taking marketing courses at the moment, pursuing a degree... So I and part of that is learning how to use social media again. Um, so I've been <laughs> you thrown. You haven't had you haven't had a Facebook account since like 2014. <laughs> at least, yeah. yeah. I feel like it was just or just after or before uh, Vic and I got married because I feel <laughs> like I went to tag you in our wedding pictures, and it was gone. Your Facebook was gone, and I was like. What the hell? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I don't know whether I'm dismayed or happy to see that Facebook hasn't really changed because I get on there and just like, you might know these people. And it's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but knowing them, that doesn't mean I want to be friends with them. Like, you know. I know of their existence. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I went to send you a message today and I clicked on your profile and you have... Six friends, and it said that you had six friends, and five of them were mutual. And I was like, "Who the fuck unfriended me?" Because like they're all people that I know. And then I was like, "Oh, it's counting me and uh, the six friends." Yeah, I got real pressed about it for a second, and then <laughs> realized that I was just being stupid. I, I can see adding maybe five more people to that list, and that's it. <laughs> yes. Does your mom have Facebook? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough talk about that. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Yeah. What, what are we? we here to talk about, Vic? Uh, we're here to talk about Werewolves Within. Yes. Okay. I'm 2021 sorry. 2021 movie. So it has been quite literally uh, about two and a half months since we watched this movie. Uh, because we had a delay on top of the delay that we delayed for having <laughs> our delay for. Oh my God. So, there was so much shit that happened. It's, um, yeah. So I remember this movie fairly well. Um, I know that I enjoyed things about it. It had scenes and sounds. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone. I mean, it had the <laughs> ingredients of a movie, but... Uh... So, um, I guess, uh, Max, tell us who was in it. Well, <clears throat> let's see. You'll have to excuse me. My lungs are still buttered up from the anesthesia. Buttered up. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, that is standard procedure. They butter up your lungs. <laughs> they did. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, we have Milana Vaintrub as uh, Cecily Moore. Hmm. She, uh, most of you probably know her as the AT&T lady. Yes. Uh, we have Sam Richardson as Finn Wheeler, the ranger. Uh, the only other thing I saw him in was Tomorrow War. Yes. Mm. He plays a very similar character. Yeah. Sort of um, uh, charmingly confused um, and not equal to the environment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's actually not too many actors in this movie. Um, but the only not other really. two... I'll mention Glenn Fleshler as Emerson Flint. He was the mountain man. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I remember him most recently from The Joker. 
Really? Yes, he was one of the actor guys that um, the Joker worked with. Interesting. That he ended up killing eventually. Spoilers for the Joker. Eh. Or, or Joker, or whatever it's called. Uh, Michael Chernus as Pete Anderton. Um, I watched a show called Easy on Netflix, and I do believe he's in that. If I have my facts straight. Okay. Um, don't really like him in either one of those roles. Uh, <laughs> maybe I just don't like him. I don't know. Uh, and then I want to bring up Wayne Duvall as Sam Parker, the propane guy. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> because um, when I look at him, I see, uh, what's his name? Uh, he plays Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. What's his name? Uh, oh, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see now. Toy Story. What's his name? You sure you're thinking of John Mr. John Ratzenberger. Oh, no, he plays okay. Ham. Sorry. Okay. Wait, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but John Ratzenberger's... What I, I don't know. For some reason, when I see that guy, <laughs> I think of John Ratzenberger. Good to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, he talks like this. That's that's Kermit the Frog. But, uh, <laughs> or Ray Romano, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard an amazing impression of Ray Romano, and I think I might be able to do it. Um, so, <laughs> it's Ray Romano playing golf. Somebody go, um, this is Ray Romano playing golf. Somebody go swoosh. 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 Aww. <laughs> that, was, that was spot on. It was amazing. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Uh, yes. So right. those are the principal characters. Um, principal actors, if you will. <clears throat> yeah. Actresses. Uh, Actors. I, I do believe they all prefer to be called actors now. Yeah, I don't understand. I guess there really never needed to be that distinction. Nah. <laughs> Actor size. They're all actors. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of Werewolves Within, I have a few runner-up movies I'd like to mention. That oh, I, yes. They yes. may end up on the podcast um, if we decide to do a really crappy horror movie sometime. Um, but we have Green Inferno. In which uh, some, uh, I don't know what you call them. I, I guess, I don't know what a social justice warrior is, but I think you might call them that. Uh, okay. But I they don't. they go to the Amazon to, like, stop deforestation from destroying a local tribe, like their home. But the tribe's right. cannibals, and their plane gets sabotaged as they're flying out of the Amazon, and it crashes into cannibal territory. And it does not end well for them. So the very people they were trying to save end up um, eating some of them. Uh, <laughs> but it's just one of those movies where, like, a lot of this just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. Green Inferno. The other one that has to be mentioned is Shadow in the Cloud. It sounds so cool, but it's really not. Oh, um, is that the one you were telling me about with the the blimp was it a blimp wait what it are was these a, runners up to i'm very confused right just now. crappy horror movies that i've seen in the interim that i thought needed mentioning oh just okay i thought that i missed something but just i just didn't a need mentioning list <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> it stars chloe grace moritz hmm. and i was like why would she agree to be in such a bad movie and then i realized she's just a really bad actress actor i guess sorry 
Um, <laughs> it was it was awful. The mm-hmm. acting was awful. The story was awful. It had no coherence whatsoever. I don't mind spoiling anything for anybody, but eventually she falls out of the B-52 Flying Fortress or whatever it is. She falls out the bottom, and then a Japanese Zero flies underneath her and explodes and blows her back up into the plane. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, you're fine after that. That's, I mean, it's just like... Um, if you're falling from a plane uh, and you're about to hit the earth, if you throw a grenade down first and it explodes, it'll just it'll cancel it out and you'll be fine. I've heard that works really well. <laughs> yep. Didn't that happen in an Austin Powers movie Probably. where they fell out of a plane and then an explosion pushed them back up into it? I feel like that happened in an Austin Powers movie. Well, it's okay in Austin Powers. That's a little... I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's uh, but like, cheeky to begin with. Did they make this movie based on that scene from Austin Powers? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make a serious drama based on Austin Powers and called it Shadow in the Cloud. Wow. You know what this movie really needs? More drama. <laughs> um, I also have some runners up and we may end up overlapping a little bit, but I'd like to talk about one that I was hopeful for. And I was thinking for a few minutes that it might be kind of like, you know, an undiscovered sort of, cheesy gem but it um it wasn't it was actually like rotted cheese that was just kind of stale and, and left out too long um it's called devil below um i think it might also be called the devil below us i thought it was devil below though i don't know i'm My not god did you look it up before no. you started talking no i'm not not can you even be bothered enough to look it up because the devil below <laughs> the devil below there you go um so it's called the devil below and it isn't a bad movie it's just really lazy. Like everything in the movie is really lazy and it feels like it was written by like someone writing a high school play for the first time ever. Like the logic is just (laughs) really straightforward. Like we need to go to this place. Why? Because we need to. Okay. And like, I, I just, yeah. So it's not a bad movie. It's just really predictable and boring and lazy. And I was severely disappointed most annoying thing about it was that it just if you're gonna have lore about your creatures and they're gonna be able to do a thing then have that be consistent because (laughs) when you change what your creatures are able to do and what they can and can't hear and see then there's no sense of peril or sense of concern for your characters because you can just change the rules whenever you want and i don't care anymore that's true i did try to watch that after you said it i i could not even make it to the end of that movie um me neither (laughs) basically they were they were trying to look for anthracite (laughs) that's right which i mean it's got value as far as coal goes but it's not like diamonds or rubies or something and basically the gateway to hell in that movie is blocked over by a piece of electrified cyclone fence yep so Was that it that you had for your list that you were? Oh, I, I'm. I mean, I, it can be it, sure. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be. <clears throat> I just you seemed like you were done. Well, we also watched Aftermath, which was pretty good. But it had Iceman from the X Men in it. I've seen at least two other movies that have done it better, so eh, it was okay. But that's uh, not. And they didn't use Javier Botet, which was a mistake. They so. could have. Yeah, so any an movie that doesn't use him makes a mistake. Unfortunately. I mean, they probably couldn't afford him, but... <laughs> they spent all their money on Iceman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, um, and then I think 
Blood Red Sky was the only other one that I saw, which Max, you and I were talking about that the other day, and it's a cool premise, just not executed super Oh, well. right, right, right. The vampires on the plane. That's the one. It yeah. was if 30 Days of Night was taking place on a plane yeah. over the course of one night. Yes. And, and also... <laughs> Eight hours of day during flight. Yeah. What gets me about that movie is the very end, the the Middle Eastern guy, the good Middle Eastern guy, got his hand cut off, right? Right. And then, like, when the police or the SWAT or whatever invade the plane, they handcuff him. Yeah. We <laughs> do. They're only half... They're actually, they're 0% effective when one hand is no longer there, so... You're actually well, giving but, someone a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, never mind. Never mind. I was going to say a stupid thing, and then I realized it was stupid, so... Yeah, that's the movie that switches back and forth. Some people are dubbed over in English, some speak English, and I'm confused as hell. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it was really bizarre. And what are the chances that terrorists hijack a plane that also contains a vampire? The only vampire trying not to be a vampire. Uh, the, the the chances of that happening have to be astronomical, mathematically impossible. Nothing is impossible. Right, mathematically impossible. I mean, I don't know that. So within the realm of reality, still possible. But if you're looking at math equations, it's from a math standpoint impossible. But I mean, it, it has probability. Probability of one. Okay, if you're a vampire and you're listening to this, I need to know how many of you have been on planes that have been hijacked. It's got to be a small <laughs> number of our listeners. I mean that that cross section is probably like the chances zero, five of one people. of our listeners being a vampire is, is mathematically impossible. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Here's a better one. Um, if if we have multiple vampires, we need to know how often you fly. Because then we can do more math. Sub-question. <laughs> Are you flying using a plane? Or can you do it on your own? Oh, damn. Oh, no. No. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Um, did you have any other runners-up, Max? Nah, that's it for now. Okay. Um, Kitty, who directed this movie? I looked it up and then I forgot. Mike John. Flanagan. John Grubin. Oh. <laughs> The werewolf was a giant mirror the whole time. <laughs> mm, it was written by Eric Sherbarth. Eric, Eric Sherbarth. Oh, wait. Nope. That was the devil below. I'm oh, on my the God. Wrong it's thing. Eric. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we said before, the devil below is a movie that exists. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... Okay, it was directed by Josh Rubin. I think I said John Rubin. And it was... Josh Groban. <laughs> it was written by Mishna Wolf. Mishna Wolf. Mishna Wolf Impossible. They hired somebody with the last name of Wolf to direct a werewolf movie. <gasps> oh, oh, boy. Oh, you know what I did find interesting, though? And it makes me want to give this movie better scores, but I can't, to be fair. But... Uh, one of the production companies behind it was um, Ubisoft. Oh, that's right. It was. I couldn't believe I, that. I always used to pronounce it Ubisoft. I'm not sure. I, I just always thought of being like Ubisoft. No, Ubisoft. <laughs> but um, you know, out of all the game franchises I have, I have a lot of Elder Scrolls, a lot of Fallout. They're all from Bethesda, but different franchises. The games, the most amount of games I own from one franchise is Ubisoft. 
in the Far Cry series. That makes sense. Huh? I think for me, it's probably Blizzard. Really? Yeah. I Diablo series. I have a bunch of like games that were done by like independent people that aren't under a franchise like that. Chucklefish. So. That was forget. my favorite. I was just looking up a show, actors and voice actors, and I, I found one of them. He's the guy that plays Deckard Kane. It's <laughs> amazing. I, I forget his name though, but he doesn't look very old. <laughs> I yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, all right, so <clears throat> I do indeed have a phobia. Um, I tried really hard. This is kind of, as far as phobias go, there's kind of there's a couple you could choose from, um, and I tried to come up with something that would be different than uh, like the thing, for example. Um, but what I ended up coming up with, pause for effect, and for me to open my phone because I forgot what it's called. All right, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Pinstanthrophobia. And it's the fear of letting yourself trust someone because you're afraid that they'll end up disappointing you or hurting you in some way, which I kind of felt like might be applicable to this in the sense that you might trust someone and they eat you. Um, okay. Okay. That was the closest I could get without it being the exact same thing that I did for the thing, um, because it's a kind of a similar idea that, you know, there's someone among you that's not what they seem. And that they have, you know, they're hiding something. What about a fear of werewolves? Is that a thing? Does that exist? Probably. Well, but... that's, werewolfism is called lycanthropy. So by power of deduction, we can say maybe it's um, lycanthrophobia. That's a, a very astute assumption. Um, but I felt that was a little too on the nose. But really? <laughs> because werewolves have noses. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I just figured I would cut my teeth with this one and maybe do a different vampire phobia next time. You know who I thought in this movie... I'm sorry. What? I was. He said different vampire phobia next time. And I was like, different vampire phobia? Maybe I will. Sanguinophobia. (laughs) It just sounds like a drink to me. Can I have a sanguine on the beach? (laughs) Um, Rebecca Henderson played Dr. Ellis, I believe is her name. Yes. I thought I she was her. very, very attractive. I remember her from something, but I can't now remember what it was. Like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, I know her from... On her IMDb picture, she has, like, short cropped hair that's, like, um, frosted blonde. And she looks super cute in that. But I, I saw her in the movie, and I'm like, she has a very strong face. Like, very charismatic. Yeah, I don't remember now what I know her from. Yeah, but you weren't far off with the fear of vampires. It's sanguine. phobia. Sanguivory fear. Fearbia. I keep trying to say fearbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fearbia. Sanguivory phobia. Well, there uh. you go. Sanguivorophobia. Sanguivorophobia. Okay, sanguivorophobia. so because they're considered sanguivores. Because they're mm. like not an herbivore, they're a sanguivore. So sanguivorophobia. For listeners okay. who maybe don't know, like sanguine things are blood. That's a blood thing. Sanguine. Um, That's why she, when you say to, is it exsanguinate someone? It means to drain them of their blood. Yes. Yes. Sorry, blood. Does that mean that you can resanguinate someone and put their blood back in? Um. I guess so. Okay. She was also in Westworld. Might be what you're thinking of. That might be what I know her from. 
All right, so um, this movie starts off with a cheating dirtbag, and uh, he presumably gets brutally murdered. Yep. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yep. Allegedly. And then, and this is happening in Beaverfield. Yes. Um, <laughs> and fast forward to 29.5 days later. There is a new ranger in town. Yeah, so I could have... I don't know. Maybe this was maybe this like hit at the right spot for some people and they found it really funny, but this whole opening scene of him coming to town felt like a Saturday Night Live skit that went on too long and stopped being funny. <laughs> yeah. Which is like for me 60% of Saturday Night Live skits. It's 100% for me. It just he's just like he was doing the thing and I was like, "Okay, it's it's kind of funny." And then like they had this like uh like very proper sounding woman who was instructing him on how to be a man say like some really like offensive things that he was supposed to repeat. And I was like, okay, this just feels like a skit from like Saturday night live or any Will Ferrell (laughs) movie. Like this isn't funny to me. And it went on too long. And like, I don't know. I I really could have done without that. Yep. I forgot completely about that. Actually. I'm not even sure why he was sent to this town. I like, they tried to explain it, but I still don't get it. He was transferred because of an incident. He reported somebody for doing something. Oh, crap. I don't remember now. It was something either he made a mistake, like he discharged his weapon or something stupid like that, or he reported somebody. I can't remember why I think it's one of those options. But I feel like he like reported an upper ranger person and they like covertly got him reassigned or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Or I could just be completely misremembering. Good enough. So, yeah, he goes into town, and then I think the first thing he does is go to the local inn that he's going to stay at because his lodgings aren't ready or something like that. Yes, and I think just before he gets there to, or right after he gets there, we are introduced to um, the uh, oil businessman. The oil baron. To build the pipeline sam parker yeah Mm. yeah he's trying to convince everyone in the little inn area that uh the congregational area in the inn he's trying to convince them all that it's a good idea and that they'll make a lot of money and the person who owns the inn is uh forget her name like a fairly generic name i feel like like dolores or something and she was on the fence about it here's my advice this isn't legal advice and shouldn't be observed by anybody but Don't from what I've seen, um, oil development. <laughs> like, there's people who don't want to sell because they've lived there all their lives and, and all this other stuff. I really think the best thing is to sell and leave. Because whether you sell or not, they're going to get their oil. And when mm-hmm. they do, they're going to ruin your groundwater and you're going to have to deal with the noise all the time. Like, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop it if there's oil wells beneath your town. So you might as well just sell your house and move. Sam's in there trying to convince this inn owner. Jeannie? Janine? Jeannie? Uh, let's remember? see here. Uh, Jen. Uh, Janine Sherman. Oh, yeah. nice. But he's trying to convince her to sell her inn, and he's also staying at the inn. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to convince her to sell, and it's like this cute little old, like, 
bed and breakfast type thing. Um, <laughs> a B&B like, lady. Yeah. It's like kind of gothic in appearance and or Victorian, I guess. And it's it's pretty and Victorian. it's old. Yeah. Beaver Field or Be- Beaverton? Well, let's Beaver see Field. here. But then again, we watched um, Freaky Beaver and that Field. was also. Okay. Finn, right? Mm-hmm. The Finn Wheeler. Ranger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he ends up meeting Cecily, who gives him a tour of the town. Because, um, like, she knows it pretty well because she's the male person there. Yeah, and he's got to, like, talk to people for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember why a ranger has to go around town and talking to people, but. Yeah, I don't know. He does for some reason. I think uh, while he was at the inn, we also learned that, um, or just after he left with Cecily, maybe, we learned that Janine was the wife of the guy who got killed in the beginning Mm. of the movie. Allegedly. Allegedly. And she just thinks that he ran off to be with somebody else, not that he's dead. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. And during his meanderings with, um, what's her face, um, Cecily, they well, they run into, eventually, the um, Andertons. And Mr. Anderton is just an absolute freaking creep. Mm. I, I hate that guy. I don't like him in Easy, and I don't like him in this either. I don't think you're supposed to. I, well, yeah. But yeah, he's just kind of gross and... Like, wants really, to put his hands all over her. And... Yeah, handsy and gross and just sort of annoying and weird. And they've got that little dog that they, like, dote over. Yeah. A little yappy dog. And she, like, gives him... she Like, they knew that he was coming to the town, so she made, like, a Christmas ornament for him. And it's, like, a, a little white angel to go on the top of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... I will say that some of the, uh, like, more subtle humor in these situations got me pretty good. Like, I laughed pretty hard. Um, like, when he said something like, oh, like, what a perfectly white little angel. Like, who, who wouldn't want that? Like, on their tree. Because like, he's, he's a black man. A very large black man. <laughs> and he's just, like, overly nice about everything. But um, And that's just kind of, like, the charm of his character. And apparently of, of his, just his acting prowess in general. Because that's what it, the two things that I've seen him in like Max mentioned earlier, is this in Tomorrow War. And in both, he plays more or less the same character, where he's kind of uh, a little bit of a pushover and a really nice guy and, and very sweet and caring, but not Slightly a very aloof. assertive. Yeah, not not a very assertive person. Um, and uh, from there, they go on to meet the mechanic and the mechanic's wife, who or maybe fiance. The mechanic like, and the mechanic's boyfriend, I think. Yes, I'm so sorry. I was... I was thinking being sexist. I was thinking about her. Are you saying because she can't be a mechanic? She has boobs. No, she'll hurt me. <laughs> um, I was thinking about her, and I was picturing her, and for some reason, because I was picturing her, I said wife. Um, but yes, her fiance or boyfriend or whatever he is uh, are in like a pretty intense fight, and then he like breaks it up, and then they immediately turn on Cecily and they're like, "Where's our mail?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talk about how the spark plug they ordered to get their snowplow up and running has been on back order and they've been waiting for it for like weeks. And did we talk about the like environmental preserver lady? 
Oh, Dr. Alice. Um, no, they ran in, I thought they ran into somebody while they were out walking and she like was like over the top about the, the pipeline, like not wanting it to be there. Was that Dr. Alice? I think maybe when he walked into the inn, like there was Uh, a little confrontation between Sam Parker and Dr. Ellis. That I think was correct. But also whenever he goes to the, is it a yoga studio? Yoga studio slash something else. That's okay. Yeah. That's They're what like I was super intense about it. Not going in. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about the, the like adorable gay couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Joaquin Wolfson. <laughs> uh, Little chubby gay man. <laughs> but they also, um, drove out to see, uh, Flint. Mm, Flint. Um, he, like, lives super off the grid, hunts all of his own food, wears furs to go out of his house, like, all kinds of crap. Oh, they were going around talking to people about the dog going missing. Mm, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's why they had to go talk to people, because he was trying to figure out what had potentially snagged her dog. Okay. Like, if it was a coyote or something. For those of you who aren't putting it together yet, which is fine, um, what this is basically becoming is 30 Days of Night. Basically. A small little isolated town, something preying around the edges of the periphery, and, uh, you know, a loner guy not really involved in the town, which might as well be Mark Boone Jr. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so. Yep. Some dynamite or road flares. We're not sure which. (laughs) They get back to the inn. Well, hang on. While they're talking to Flynn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're having a weird conversation with him. He's being so weird. And at one point, as they're leaving, I forget if it's now or if it's later, but I think it's now. Whenever they're they're about to leave. And Flynn said something like, you can't leave. And starts, like, walking over to them and kind of looks a little menacing. And they both start cowering, and they're like, no, no, please, please, no. Oh, this was later, man. Oh, okay. But I do believe now he does find the dog's collar. He does, yeah. No, no this is way later. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I am way off then. Big surprise. Um, this is, like, after they find Sherman's body. <laughs> okay. That's right. He doesn't even let them inside. He yeah, says, that's right. get off he the property. He you know, Sam Richardson, Finn Wheeler, goes up there alone to deliver a package. That's right. right. And Emerson Flint threatens him with a shotgun or a rifle or something, which you can't do <laughs> to yeah, anyone, especially a state law enforcement officer. It's a terroristic threat. Even just <laughs> motioning that you have a gun is considered a threat. Um, so he, after they make their round of the town, uh, Cecily and Finn go back to the inn. Mm-hmm. They start looking, I think, around the inn for any sign of the dog. I think they have their moment at the abandoned uh, arcade before that. Do you want to go into detail about that? Because I don't remember what you're talking about. It was super forced and I didn't need it, so not really. But basically, they just she says something like, do you want to get a bite to eat? And he's like, sure. So they go to an abandoned, not abandoned, but a, a closed up uh, like arcade that she's apparently she knows the owners of and she's watching it for them. So she like grabs like some beers and says that she'll like heat up some nachos 
and puts something on the jukebox and they're kind of like dancing and hanging out and that's where she shows them how to throw axes okay and then, the like, only becomes... sport in the entire world that i am actually exceptional at <laughs> uh i don't know target shooting you're pretty good at well yeah that's true too and caroms Goddamn. yeah, yeah pretty good at right, caroms but, <laughs> um but yeah there's this like very obvious romantic relationship building between them and it it grows very quickly and it gets torpedoed in the middle of it because he gets a call from his girlfriend who he's obsessively calling and being like super clingy with and just not getting the memo that she doesn't want to be with him but she's also not being super clear about it i guess so he like she was like we need some time apart and like she tells him that she has he has to move away and take this assignment really far away but she calls during this interaction and like kind of like ruins it but he also was gonna start making out with this random girl while he still apparently was like also had feelings and was still obsessed with this other girl his like his girlfriend so it kind of makes him seem like he's kind of a prick <laughs> so like this character we're supposed to root for and supposed to care about right off the bat we start seeing as being not just like a bumbling kind of like funny nice guy he's kind of a prick <laughs> like a little bit of a womanizer um <laughs> So, like, I don't know. I, it didn't make me feel more endearing to him and be like, oh, poor guy. It just made me be like, ew, <laughs> make your choice, dude. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that, like, adds some tension. And then she, like, gets her overalls back on. Like, we better go back to the the inn. So they head back. Okay. And, and they get back somewhere around this point is when the body shows up. Yeah, like either they're looking for the dog or the power goes out or something along those lines. And they're out looking around the outside of the house. Like, I don't remember exactly why they were looking out there. But at some point, they were about back around to the front of the house, the the inn. Um, and Finn spies the body of Janine's husband under the porch of the inn. And initially, everybody's like, oh, my God, Janine killed him, like, kind of a thing. Like, they just all start assuming that she murdered him um, because he was cheating or whatever. Then they all go inside and start, like, having an argument with each other because uh, Dr. Ellis is like, this wasn't done by a person. Like, this was done by a lycanthrope and, like, (laughs) somehow determines that. And... (laughs) I don't know that she ever says that. I think she just says it was an animal and then takes some fibers and runs away. Yeah, something um, like that. I think that. they read about it potentially being a lycanthrope in her journals later. Okay. Um, and uh, they go in and they start like arguing about it, realizing that somebody is a, a werewolf in the town. So and and the storm's coming, so they decide to like shut themselves in the inn, basically. Quick poll. Yeah. Um, I have two vials for each of us. Um, both contain a contagion. One is the vampire virus. The other is lycanthropy. lycanthropy. Which one do you choose? Vampire. Vampire. Victor chose lycanthropy. What about you? I think lycanthropy, too. But only if you get to be an actual werewolf. None of this, like, still look like a person with hair glued on your face. Yeah, so I've always felt that this is the distinction between a werewolf and a wolf person. Like, this is like, you know, I'm trying to make it more gender neutral than wolfman, but this is the stereotypical, like, classic monster wolfman depiction versus something from, like, uh, uh, 
I don't know. What's a werewolf movie that we've watched? <laughs> Twilight? No. They actually turn into wolves. Those in are Twilight. more like, yeah, like actual, like, uh, like druidic type wolves. But no, something like, um. Underworld? Yeah, Underworld. Yeah, um, the Underworld werewolves were good, I thought. They, they're still bipedal, but they look more yeah. like a wolf. And that's right? fine. It's, yeah, like, like, humanoid wolf is fine. Yeah. As long as, like, it looks like a wolf, you know. Big and tough and strong. Like Penny and scary. Dreadful, when that guy turned into a werewolf, I was like, "That's lame. That's lame." Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would pick vampirism because, like, I don't know. I just have always loved vampires. Loved <laughs> yeah, vampires. but like, I love the idea. Blood, of- you can't go out during the day. You're gonna look the exact same way that when you get turned into a vampire. You're gonna look that <clears> way forever. So, like, I would be like, hang on, give me, like, four to six weeks to get in better shape, and then you can turn me. Maybe six months, let me get in real good shape, and then you can turn me, so I don't have to do anything else, and I can do whatever I want, eat whatever I want, and I don't have to worry about it, and I'll be in better shape. Because if you turn me into a vampire now, and, like, all of my physical attributes are just locked in forever, it's going to be like, come on, let's go fly, and be like, I, I can't, I can't, guys. i got to hover for, like, a few inches, and then I get winded, and i got to stop. <laughs> Let's all just go walking. That sounds like fun, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Anyway. Yes. So about this time is when they go out and they... I think the power gets knocked out by the avalanche that also knocks out the road. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, the generators will save us. And then I think right around that time, the generators also go out or don't turn on at all. And At some point, there's a knife somebody finds that smells like diesel. But, like, the generators weren't cut by a freaking knife. Like, yeah, if you look was... at them. <laughs> and that was in, I believe that was in Dr. Ellis's room. Yes. She, like, she's upstairs. So. She's locked herself away. She determines that um, whatever had killed What's-His-Face was a lycanthrope. She wrote about it in her journal. And then... Um, she wrote about it and then read about it in her journal. Yeah. And then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doesn't Sam go up there for some reason? Sam Parker go up there for some reason? And do I remember that happening? That's later on, but yeah. Okay. No, right around right around this is when they're trying to figure out what's going on. And he deduces that someone is trying to isolate them and cut them off from the outside world. Because they're now without generators. Their only means of communication and power have been knocked out. And they also don't have <clears throat> their... I think the snowplow is also out because yeah. of the spark plug thing. So right. they have like no way of of getting out. Kind of like burning all the cell phones, killing all the dogs, and knocking out the internet in 30 days of night. Yeah. I don't know how and he got all the cell phones to the town. Like, I, mine's I in my know. pocket. Like, you'd have to stick your hand in my pocket to get it. Like, And he's not the most charismatic person. He's not going to be not remembered if he comes in and talks to you. Well, I bet you could smell him. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have your cell phone? <laughs> no. Who are you? I want some raw hamburger. God. <clears throat> but um, so, I think this was about the time where they went out to see Flint. Yes, I was just going to mention the that. second time. Yes, yes. Because and... they, they feel like they are under attack by some creature, and they want to persuade him to hunt it. Yeah. And identify what it is. Yeah. And um, they get there, and he actually lets them in this time. Yes, that's right. And they start, like, having a conversation about it. And he just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And then Finn finds the dog's collar. Nope. 
Cecily does. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess she does. Oh, yeah. Okay. I swear that Finn finds it. Nope. Okay. Well, All right. Um, and if then I'm wrong. They're like trying to get the door open. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> and he does the you can't leave thing. Yes, and then that's when he does that. <clears throat> walks over and reaches over top of Cecily's head and like there's a deadbolt on the door and like a chain and he like yeah. unlocks it for them to be able to, to leave. Sorry, hiccup. <laughs> and that was one of the jokes that I saw in the preview that I was like, oh, this movie looks like it's going to be really funny because that moment is really funny. Yeah. Um, but it's not a consistent theme at least up until this point throughout the movie where it's just a really funny misdirect and they're both freaking out. And they're, like I said, like they're cowering down and when he's, he unlocks it and they both stop. And I think Finn's like, please don't open the door. I could have gotten that. I mean, geez, and like, plays it off. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, funny. Please don't. <laughs> and it's funny, but that's. It, it, I followed the train of the movie up to this point, And then it was after this, like it just started to become less and less, coherent as time went on yeah Yeah, they kind of switched gears and then it became like clue kind of almost yeah where they're all in the house together and they're all suspecting each other and they all have guns and uh you know it's going to be a night without power and they divide up the rooms um because for some reason like everybody ends up there even people who aren't staying there yeah yeah because it's the only place that has a generator that works, like I, think I think. Joaquim and his husband are there. Yeah. For and a time. the couple with the dog are also there. Ugh, for some I didn't reason. like that lady either. And The only character yeah. I did like was Joaquim. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, But, yeah, so they, they're all, like, hanging out and then start arguing with each other. Yeah. And they eventually all agree that they're going to go to bed. And I think, surprise, surprise, we might be misremembering this movie, but I think the order of events are, they argue for a while, they agree that they're all going to basically, like, sleep in their own rooms, protect themselves, because they all have guns, and then, what's-his-face, the creep, gets attacked in the middle of the night, and the... Mr. Anderton. I think the mechanic comes out and just starts shooting blindly, and ends Mm. up hitting him once in, like, the upper left shoulder area yeah uh, and then and because she's a doctor they're all like oh we'll go to doctor so-and-so and see if she can help because she's a doctor but she's not that kind of doctor but they start <laughs> knocking on the door and she says that she won't let anybody in and that like she's refusing and then she actually like shoots through the door a couple of times and that's the part that you remember kitty where um whatever his name is sam parker, parker. goes around to get yeah. in another door and there's some confusion as to if she shot herself or if he shot her. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's going to subdue her and then you hear a gunshot and then the door opens. But in reference to her being a doctor, that's one of the few Family Guy jokes I also did really like. <laughs> was when Chris is talking to um, Dr. Dre. And oh. he's like, so if you get shot in a gang feud or whatever, can you do surgery on yourself? And he's like, nah, Chris, my degree's in optometry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Dr. Ellis is dead. So that's when they start reading her journal, and they find out that she believes that one of them could potentially be a lycanthrope, and then uh, Sam Park gets real weird, and says that he's gonna, like, take care of the situation, and then, like, leaves on his own. 
I think um, at this point a lot of people start to leave. Yeah, and then pretty much everyone from there is like, we're just we're gonna go back to our own house. We're gonna, we're not safe here. Um, and I think pretty much yeah, everyone leaves at that point. Yeah. Um, and they start going through the woods, like they're like walking through the woods, and um, the gay couple whose names I can't remember, Joaquin, Joaquin and whatever Joaquin else. and Devin, I think something like yeah, that. Right. Um, they uh, <laughs> whoa, that really like just Damn, real take, quick. We skipped the part that I thought over there. one of the only other parts that I well, not only other part, but one of the few parts that I thought was really funny was the part where they all pull out their guns because I think. Uh, Flynn says something about Flint or Finn. Finn, sorry, not not Flynn. I combine the two. Finn says something <laughs> about everyone putting their guns down, and they all pull their guns back up. And I think, uh, would you say Joaquin's husband's name was Devin? Devin. Devin. Devin says we got ourselves a real Mexican standoff, and he's like, "Oh, Devin, don't say Mexican standoff. Just say standoff." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was really cute and funny, and I laughed. That's why I like Joaquin. <laughs> Oh, honey, don't say Mexican standoff. Just standoff. <laughs> it's just standoff. <sighs> really and even like um, at the times later on in the movie when he has a gun or something, like he he holds it in such an effeminate way. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, um, so his little white gloves. They're running through the woods. Yes. And did they get separated? Yeah, I think I think Devin is the first to die. Um. I believe and so. He says something like, it's you, and then gets stabbed. Um, well, I... wasn't the... Stupid the... dog lady, like, whacks yeah. him with something. Yeah, she, um, like, knocks him out or something. Uh, I guess. And then I think she jams, like, a uh, maple syrup tap into his neck or something. Okay. Man, I do not remember this movie very well. It's almost like I didn't watch it for the past two and a half months. Yeah. How can I remember this better than you guys? And you gals? watched it twice. You watched that's it twice true. and you watched it like a month ago. Well, fine. I mean, if that's the way you're going to be about it, then. You asked a question. Well, I didn't want an answer. <laughs> oh, you need to let me know. <laughs> Go uh, Devin was killed by a dog lady. Um... And she gets back to her house, right? Yeah, I think so. And, like... <sighs> We're led to believe that Joaquim does not get back. I believe that there's a fake out where it seems like he might have been killed. Yeah. Okay. And Sam Parker goes off to get his ridiculous hunting gear. And yeah. his pipeline. Just the whole thing. It, <laughs> yeah. It um, <clears throat> suddenly, like, for a few seconds breaks into Supernatural where he, like, opens up his trunk and then opens up a secret compartment and there's, like perfectly cut out uh, uh, foam padded recesses for his like crossbow and weird like night sights that he has and some bolts and yeah I think a silver knife oh that's right yeah then he starts spewing some stereotypical like crazy hunter nonsense about Mm. how he knows it's you know followed the water source or population or something and yeah so, I also yeah, don't understand the progression of the werewolf. Um, I, like, I, it makes as much sense as the vampires just wantonly killing people in 30 days of night. Yeah. <clears throat> there isn't really a whole lot of uh, thought behind it, it seems. No. Um, so yeah, they they go to Dog Lady's house, and her and the creepy guy are there, 
and he's like in a really bad way, yeah. like bleeding really bad, and um, he's been shot, and his hand was chewed off, I think, by the yeah. werewolf. He's like sustained serious blood loss, and is barely conscious. Um, and I think that Finn and Cecily get there around the same time as Joaquin. Yeah, and Joaquin knows that she killed Devin. Devin, um, and he's got a little. I don't know what it is. It's a little handgun, like a compact little handgun. <laughs> it's like a like a holdout pistol, I guess. Uh, a little, he's, little derringer. Yeah, he says like she. He knows that she killed him because she's crazy, and and he's gonna kill her because that's what you do. And I think they get into a shootout at this point. Well, mechanic girl's boyfriend was stealing stuff from the house. Oh, that's right. And then he goes out on the street, and then mechanic lady backs up the truck and hits him with it and kills him. And then dog lady shoots her in the head. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like right there. rapid fire death at yeah. this point. Like, it's just like everybody's going down. Yeah, they like realized they had too much movie left and too many characters. So they just murdered them all within <laughs> five minutes. I, I don't remember who killed dog lady. Um I thought it was Sam Parker. Yeah, it could have been. I thought it was Joaquin. Oh, maybe it was. I thought they both shot each other. Or he empties a clip, maybe, and she doesn't get hit once. I think I vaguely remember that. That might have been it. Um, But I think you're right. I think it might actually be Sam Parker that shoots him. Well, I think at this point, um, Sam Parker shows up, and he's after... Joaquim or Cecily, because they're both the seventh child of their family, which yeah. makes them werewolves potentially. I vaguely remember that, yeah. I guess. Some kerfuffery. Um, and, oh, he shoots Joaquim with a crossbow. Yes. In the stomach. Um, and then he's going to kill Cecily, I guess. And then Finn, like, jumps on him, tackles him, and then, like, gets stabbed by a silver knife. Yes. And then... Joaquin's like, ah, fuck you. And then he shoots the propane tanks. Yes. That are making the torch and it blows up, killing himself and Sam Parker. Yeah, Um, he's got some kind of one-liner about it. I'm here to tell you again, propane tanks don't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that tiny little pistol. It's not even going to go through the steel, but... uh, well, there was an open flint. Oh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't go. It doesn't steel. matter. Even if he shot like a valve or something off the top, you're just going to have a jet of flame shooting at the top then. That's okay. Yeah. It would need to be under. No, it wouldn't because it's not. Okay. You would have to tear the tank open instantly to, to get an explosion like that. Okay. So on CBR.com, Trisha Anderton runs her family's farm with Pete. She wants to use... uh, She kills Devin to get rid of him and then later threatens Joaquin. Finn and Cecily with a gun before being distracted by Pete's death. And that gives Joaquin an opening to swing at her with a fire poker, knocking her head first into the open fireplace. Oh, that's right. And that's how he gets his little pistol, because that was hers. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Thanks. What did you say that was? CBR.com. Thanks, CBR.com. You don't sound at all like some kind of medication. <laughs> Have you it's, tried um, CBR? Crembrulee.com. <laughs> and then he is shot with a crossbow yes. by Sam Parker. And as he's dying, he blows up the tanks. Don't work that way. Kills yeah. him and 
Sam Park. Yes, and... it says he spends the rest of the fight slowly bleeding out on the snow, but then pops back up to shoot at Parker's gas-burning model pipeline. And His it explodes. Phallic. Yeah. Torch. And then I believe at this point, Finn and Cecily say that they need to get somewhere to survive? They go back to the bar. Or you had been calling it an arcade, but I'm pretty sure it was a bar. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was a bar. Yeah, it's, um, like a, it's like a Dave and Buster's or something. And I think that she said that she needed to get back there because, like, she had something there that would help them somehow. I don't, I legitimately don't remember. I thought it was just, was, they had a place food. to, yeah, that's true. I thought they were going to be able to stay, at, stay there until help came. Um, and so they go back to the bar and they're hanging out there and, like, having a conversation and stuff. And then, um, Sam finds, uh, Janine's husband's stuff. He was the, the postal worker before her. Yeah. Yeah. And he and finds his ID badge and like all the packages she hasn't delivered. Yeah. Excuse me. In the office of the bar. Yeah. And then, of course, Cecily sees him doing that. And instead of just killing him immediately, she decides she's going to monologue about all of it and explain all of it. Every last detail. Yeah. Before she kills him. And then she turns into a werewolf. Um, And I say that facetiously. Because they glued hair to her face and maybe put on a prosthetic or two and that was it. So they start fighting. Yeah, and he he grabs axes, well, hatchets, and starts throwing axes. Um. Yeah, and again, like I said about the devil below, I don't like it when movies throw around their physics axes. and their oh. I was gonna say that to you. <laughs> when they throw around their axes. No, when they um when they change their creatures' abilities and like at one point she's super ridiculously strong and then the next minute he can like hold her off by like, you know, holding a piece of like one straight piece of like an axe or something or a piece of wood and like keep that from like her slashing his throat because he's strong enough to hold her off for some reason. But like <laughs> she's he's able been to stabbed. Yeah, and she's able to, like, whip a couch across the room like it's nothing. And, like, yeah, I... One of the other directors, one of the yeah. other. She's either super strong and super fast and super cool and tough, or she's not. Pick it. Um, I just to stick with it. And then he thinks that he kills her. And... I, th- I think it was with a snowshoe, maybe? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. That was another thing. He keeps talking about how snowshoes are the whatever. And just then Flint barges through the door. Yeah, Emerson Flint shows up to help fight. And he's all, he's, oh, I'm there was a part one of thing. this town. <laughs> yeah, we missed them. You know, they were like when they went to see him the first time to ask him for help. They said, you know, it, it just I know you're a loner and all this other stuff, but if you could just be be neighborly, like like Mister Rogers, and he's like, Mister Rogers, who's Mister Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then he comes back at the end of the movie, and he's like, I, I just wanted to be like Mr. Rogers. I thought about what you said. And... Yeah. I'm a part of this community, too. Um, and so they're having, like, a nice, warm, fuzzy moment. And in the background, you see Cecily yeah. coming back up, like, out of the ashes, basically, to come and kill them. And then... And they make some comment about maybe Janine can make them a sandwich. Yes. Yeah. And then there's a gunshot. 
and crossbow. a crossbow shot. And it pans over to see Janine having come through the door to shoot Cecily. And Mid jump through the neck. Yeah. And she says, You can make your own damn sandwich and walks away. <laughs> and that was my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so that was a really short description because we forgot a lot of the details. Sorry, right. I really again I'll say I've said this before in other podcasts, but we've we've covered the basics of it and yeah, uh, yeah, um, we're a little off our game. We've been been out for a little bit, but we're we're getting back into it. And we're really excited and hope that we haven't lost um, our listener. I mean, listeners. We've actually gained like four followers on the Facebook page in the past week, and yeah. I'm like, oh, they like us better, anything. but we're not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, and we'll like your page. Um, but yeah, so that was um, Werewolves Among Us. Within. Werewolves Within. God. Why? You're so bad at things. I guess just because they're both really generic <laughs> titles. <that don't. laughs> 30 uh, Days of Werewolves Inning with Us. Whose turn is it to pick tonight before we get to the rest? Yours. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this gravy train rolling here. All right. So, um, Vic, it was your pick. Vic's mm-hmm. pick. It was Vic's pick. Um, and so that means that you get to tell us what your favorite part was. Before that, um, Max, we haven't done this for a while, but you need to tell us where you think you would have died in this movie. Oh, yeah. Do it. Uh, oh, boy. I'll think about it while you guys say, continue on. This is a tough one, because you don't like people, so I don't imagine you going anywhere with anyone. Like, I don't no. you just being like, I'll be in my room. <laughs> with my guns. <laughs> um, I probably would have died going to see Dr. Ellis, like, when she's shooting through the door. Because uh, it would be Ellis, just my luck that I'd catch one of those slugs, like, right in the mouth or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so what was your favorite part? My favorite part. Um... Probably the Mexican standoff thing. It was just okay. really cute and funny. Uh, yeah. It made me laugh. Okay. Max? My favorite part was um, probably when Joaquin like, gets up after being shot with a crossbow. And I forget what his one-liner is, but I don't know. I liked him. So Yeah. Um, I think that my favorite part was just Emerson Flint, like the character of Emerson mm. Flint. And I'm thinking, like, I don't, I legitimately don't remember what I picked as my favorite part about 30 Days of Night, but I might have picked Mark Boone Jr. In yeah, see, that. you could swap out all the characters and have them just yeah. do this movie, too. It That's the one thing I would say that I don't think it would have taken um, Finn any more or less time to figure out what was going on than it took... Eben. Eben, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Seems like they both would have been talking to each other about it. I'm like, oh, it's weird. We're totally isolated now. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well. Did I tell you guys that one of my friends, her husband's name is actually Eben? Hmm. Eben. Well, shucks. That was the name of a character in a movie we reviewed. Uh, anyway. Um, least favorite part. Least favorite part. Uh, there's a couple that I'd have a hard time just picking. Um, just one. Some of the things stuck around too long and weren't that funny and just didn't really work for me. So, like, I don't know, that whole bit in the beginning and, like, him trying to get his backbone and, like, it just things like that stuck a little too long. And, like, they weren't, they didn't go long enough to come around to be funny again, which is a really fine art. Usually doesn't work. Um, but they weren't really all that funny to begin with either. So it just didn't really work for me. Okay, Max? My least favorite part was... In the movie, when um, 
they all start, they were all at the inn, and then they kept their guns, and then they put their guns in the cloth on the table, and stuff, and then just kind of went all their separate ways, because that's when the movie really started to unravel. Um, mm. Like, I thought they were closing in, like, on the, you know, the main crisis of the plot, and they were, but it was, like, just random nonsense after that, it seemed like to me. Yeah. My least favorite part, and that was the whole point, was uh, like half of the characters because their personalities were just really annoying and gross, and I didn't like them. Yeah. yeah. Like, like part of this movie for me kind of feels like it was meant for someone who knows movies better. Like, maybe I would have been like, oh, these characters are a play on this thing, but like, I'm not that kind of person, so... If yeah. that's what it was, I didn't get it, so I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like scary. this whole movie played, and I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> for me. Um, Vic, what was the scariest part for you? Scariest part for me? Um, there was one brief moment where I felt a little bit of concern for one character that I kind of liked. And it was, um, it was Finn. And he's out on the porch and he's using his binoculars to see the the um, avalanche. And then you hear this snap and like this growl sound and he looks and there's a branch like moving violently like something just ran through it. And he like looks at it and he's, he like looks over somewhere else when there's another snap and you hear him like, like he starts to put the, go- like, the, the binoculars down. And that's when I thought it was going to turn into 30 Days of Night. Like I thought we were going to hear a howl and he'd be like, get back inside. <laughs> but for a brief second I was like, oh no, something bad's going to happen. And then that was it. Hmm. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, I guess that was the scariest part for me. Like, you know, sure. Meh. Uh, scariest part for me would have been finding a dead body under the porch. Mm. Especially um, whenever, like, you've literally been in this town for two minutes. Like, right. And also have been standing on the porch for a while, like not realizing it had been there probably the whole night. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have a scary part, really. But like, I guess if you like put a gun to my head and made me choose, well, probably realizing who, like, being the person who who was there and realized who the werewolf was, probably. Okay. Okay. All right. Well um, what is your overall rating? Are we doing out of 10? Is that what we do? Yeah. Okay. Out of 10, like a 4, if I'm being completely honest. It was entertaining at times, but I didn't really love it. Okay. Max? Overall, I will give it a 6. Okay. I I like movies that at least attempt to put a new spin on things. And I also like, I I feel like this was um, Milana's uh, breakout role. Yeah, that's fair. And, and she, she was did fun. fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with her acting or anything. <clears throat> it was just, uh, the whole thing was just kind of flat. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a six. All right. Overall, I'll give it a five. I liked the clue-like vibe about it. Um, but I think that overall, I just, like, I wouldn't watch it again. Probably, clearly, because I've had two and a half months to rewatch it and didn't do that even for the podcast because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. 
Yeah, and like... And you just cannot. I just cannot. If you really pumped up that the clue aspect of it, it could have kind of been fun to sort of throw a supernatural aspect into that. Like Knives Out, but with werewolves? Yeah, like just made it a little bit more fun, a little bit well, more Well, the puzzling. tagline for this movie was a whodunit with teeth. And it was not. That's actually kind of cute. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. In the most basic one. sense, sure. <laughs> but it didn't... It, I don't know. It unraveled so fast. Um... <clears throat> what was your horror rating? Horror rating? One. Hmm. There was really nothing about this movie. Ooh, that, that uh, you sank it. There was nothing about this movie that made me scared. Other than that one brief moment that I described earlier. Max. Max. I'm going to give it a one, two. A big old one, so a 12? two. <laughs> <laughs> or I was one terrified also. the whole time. <laughs> um, I, I, I might have given it more. Uh, slightly more, but they they went with the cheap cop out werewolf, you know. Mm. Um, like it, it was a relatively low budget movie for this day and age. I think it was like six million dollars or something like that. Okay. They spent that much on this movie. <clears throat> they, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, shooting on location, camera equipment, special effects for like blood and stuff. I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, six and a half million dollars. But and I, I'm going to always say this. Practical effects would not have been that expensive and probably wouldn't have been too difficult to do what they were doing, considering most of the fighting was done with a real person anyway. So, like, I feel like they could have gotten away with, like, a really good looking suit that probably would have cost less the money than some of the effects that they added to the person wearing the prosthetics anyway. So, like, I don't right. know. I, I think it could have been. I would have certainly been a little bit more freaked out if the end of the movie, like, her, she turned into this, like, terrifying you know, seven foot tall, lethal looking creature. That would have been kind of creepy and scary, but this was just kind of like, eh, all right. Did you yeah, see I... that the box office only pulled in $941,000? Oh. It didn't even make a million dollars. Well, I don't think oh. this was a wide release. This wasn't like a big deal. I don't think they... But they... why did they spend that much on it? If it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and box office numbers are usually pretty misleading. That's why, like, the whole Black Widow thing happened where, with that lawsuit. Because, like, you can't really track how effective it was. Because streaming okay. services are That's notoriously true. difficult to track. Ow. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I would have given it a higher uh, scary horror rating um, if they had spent some of that money on making... Like, okay, you're both familiar with Skyrim... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the werewolves. Like, I mm-hmm. love turning into a werewolf in yeah, Skyrim. It's so satisfying. Like, that's how a werewolf should be. Like, it, it can run around on two legs, but, like, you know, you're this hulking monstrosity, you know, with a deep roar and stuff. And Look like you've always skipped leg day, but, like, you have <sighs> enormous shoulders and biceps uh, that are covered with fur. Yar. They're more gorilla-like. And yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, gorillas are fucking terrifying. Yeah, they um, are. They are. Um, uh, but yeah, like if they had gone that route, I would have given it more, but no, like they just, you know, and they even made her roar when she was still like a person. And I'm like, ah, it's weak. Yeah. I don't really like that. I know it's, it's magic. And I think that it's stupid to bring like logic into these movies, but I feel like in order to make a, like a deep bestial roar, like your body needs to change and be more like a beast. You know, like otherwise she could talk with like a super deep voice all the time because apparently she can just roar like that so she can just change her vocal cords at will <laughs> yeah i also give it a one 
for my horror rating. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Unless you didn't do that yet. This and, might be the lowest scoring movie ever. Yeah. It's uh, pretty low. I'm sorry. Um, I just... Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't... It wasn't scary. It wasn't I also, scary like, can we just stop having horror movies that take place in winter? I just hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> like, I don't want to... It makes me not want to watch them. Like, I hate it that much. You would totally be up for it if it was Mike Flanagan. I would consider it. He stops a snowstorm by pointing a mirror at it. Mike Flanagan has a new show coming out. It's called Midnight Mass. I'm super excited about it. Yep. Midnight Mass. It has nothing to do with the haunting of uh, anthology. One of my biggest problems with this movie, and I'll I'll try to keep this brief, was the character that? of... It's a plane. Oh. It was the character of Finn. Like, I got really annoyed... Like I said in the beginning, like he's trying to be more assertive, he's trying to be more tough, he's trying to, to have more of a backbone and like, you know, carve out his own uh, you know, status in the world or whatever. That's fine. But like the way they went about it was a little bit annoying, whatever. But like him with his girlfriend stuff, like that just I don't know, it just didn't work for me and kind of made me really not like him at all. Like I said, I found it to be kind of really frustrating and annoying, and I kind of disliked him a lot, the way that he was playing both sides, like with his girlfriend that he was basically stalking and this girl that he was really interested in like it just bugged me it i think the impression that we were supposed to get is that like this girl wasn't really his girlfriend yeah, like, like she had broken up with him already and he oh, just yeah. didn't realize it 100%. and i think that i don't think that cecily was him like playing both sides i think it was him finally realizing that the girl that he was calling repeatedly um wasn't interested in him and so he might as well move on that was the impression that i got i guess my point was just that like i could have done without that whole aspect like i could have uh, yeah. i would have been fine with him just being a non-assertive person that was trying to be more assertive and basically took this post because his manager asked him to and he was too nice to say no and like was trying to get to be more assertive and was like really deep down so you just didn't about. want any of the romance aspect of it like I would have been fine with the romance it. romance aspect of it. I just didn't need the whole girlfriend thing. Like it just felt weird and I I don't it didn't feel like it worked for the character for me and I didn't care for it. I would have been fine with him just being like, you know, learning to be more assertive by being with this girl who kind of like helped him learn that about himself and like being with somebody he wanted to be with, but she needed him to be more assertive and that's what made him do it. Like I don't know, I just Well, I think that was the point. Like his old girlfriend left him because he wasn't assertive. Yeah. And so, like, that was him changing who he was because he realized that it, it wasn't working for the type of person that he wanted to be with. Sounds like this is more of just a personal issue on my end. But yep. It just it bothered me. <laughs> Didn't like it. Your perceptions like it. are wrong. <laughs> your opinion is wrong. Take it and get out. Can I have one of your guys' opinion? Mine seems to be wrong a lot. <laughs> you can borrow one of my old ones. All right. Um, all right, so, um, without further ado, I guess, uh, Max, what movie are you picking for next time? Uh, I thought a lot about it. Okay. Um, it was a movie that came out in 2016, I believe, and I had intended to watch it because it had Jason Isaacs in it. Okay. And I love Jason Isaacs. Me too. Oh, yeah. Um, but I kind of wrote it off, and I was like, eh, it's probably not that great. But I watched it, and I was very much impressed. <gasps> Excuse me. Still have uh, GI issues for the Following moment. Following <clears throat> the stone and the gallbladder and all that <laughs> yeah. shit. Uh, it is called A Cure for Wellness. Oh, uh, yes. Yep. 
For um, some I will reason, warn you ahead of time. There is parts that don't make a lot of sense, um, but I thought overall it was pretty darn fantastic. So I did not realize that that was a horror movie, and always thought that it was like, <laughs> like in the same kind of category as the Pursuit of Happiness, <laughs> because they kind of sound similar. <laughs> the Will Smith movie, <laughs> where he's like a single dad trying to work really hard to pay for things that his kid needs Garden oh state. right um <laughs> let me make sure this is in fact listed as horror i'm almost positive it is uh i haven't seen it about horror mystery yeah okay interesting all right so, well cool. then yeah we will watch it i'm excited right. now it's even about though two I have, hours long so i have no idea what it's about and don't tell me because i don't want to know i just want to i want to go into it like unassuming Thinking yes. that I'm watching The Pursuit of Happiness. It's a, I think that's where's the best Will thing. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> also, just mouth boys. All I see. Um, Honestly, Kitty, I, I think this movie is right up your alley. I, okay. I think you'll like it the most out of all of us. So. Well, we well, shall right. see. So it, yeah. it was directed by Ari Aster, then. Uh, no, no, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Ari Flanagan no, <laughs> Aster. <laughs> The director was Gore Verbinski, so... Oh, there's a new A24 movie coming out later this year, too, that I'm super excited about. I don't know what it's about, but I'm going to watch it, because that's I don't know what A24 person. is. Um, the uh, company that Ari Aster um, uses? Or runs, oh, or something? Abuses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. Um, okay, well, uh, definitely join us next time uh, when we do a review of A Cure for Wellness. Please check that one out and tune into the podcast next time. Otherwise, you will be greeted oh, with roundabout spoilers. Be forewarned, there are some very graphic and suggestive scenes in A Cure for Wellness. Um, oh, so, Yeah. Well, all right, then. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll... Um, um, like, suggestive and graphic in the sense that people might want to check out doesthedogdie.com before they... Yes. Yeah, you might want to check that out. Okay, I think that's um, always a good idea. If if you are susceptible to uh, media triggers, things, yeah. then or triggers that you may see in media, then certainly, I, I does the dog die is a really great resource that will help you <clears throat> decide if you want to watch one of the movies that we're going to be reviewing. Certainly, I don't know if I should say this, but I mean, it has like attempted rape. Okay, then I mean, uh, honestly, I think that that's. Sorry, my chair squeaked. I think that that's fine to say. Like, you're not really giving any spoilers. But that, I think, is a fair thing to warn people about. So. Okay. Yes, but we should probably call it assault. Probably do what? Call it assault. Uh, uh yes. Um, um, just because I, it doesn't matter. Um, but yes, check out Does the Dog Die before you watch the movie. Um, decide if it's something you want to check out. And uh, join us for our review of... A cure for wellness. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to um, all of us. This was the Hounds of Horror. And if you want to send us messages, you can do that through houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. And um, this is me talking to myself uh, with myself. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.